This is episode number one of the Second Breaks podcast. I'm Lou Blazer, your host, and I'm so thrilled that you found me and the show. And uh, to borrow a popular phrase from a from an old movie, I hope this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.、Um, let me tell you a little bit about the show. Uh, the second breaks podcast is for people who are looking to make a change. So maybe you want to transition into a new role or a new industry or break into a new field of work altogether, or maybe you want to start a business on the side. Maybe you have dreams of one day ditching that nine to five and being your own boss. If any of these resonates, then this show is for you. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself, and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks podcast. So we're going to have guests on the show, people who have done this before and made the leap, so we could learn from their experiences. We're also going to have experts with specific tips on how we can navigate this ever-changing world, right? This fast-changing, technology-driven, global, new economy, <laughs> choose-yourself era that we find ourselves in, right? So we're going to have guests. Who can talk about specific areas that we can do to really optimize and well, first see the opportunities and then optimize our chances for、uh, taking advantage of those opportunities. So today we have our first guest for the show. Her name is Shannon Davis, and she's going to talk to us about how she started a side hustle that quickly turned into her main、uh, hustle.、Um, but before I turn to that conversation, I thought maybe. Because it's the first show, I could maybe give a little bit of background as to myself, so you kind of know where I'm coming from. So, my name again is Lou Blazer. I am a writer. I'm an author. I'm a teacher. I'm an aspiring novelist,、uh, and、um, I'm also a career change consultant. But that wasn't always the case. In fact, for a very long time, for over 20 years, I was a corporate ladder climber. <laughs> I、uh, was building a career that I was.、Uh, That I loved, that I wanted to build since I graduated from college, and everything was going well. I was working hard on it, and I was moving up, and no complaints really. Until around 2007, when I started to feel restless, and I started to have these questions that were very difficult for me to answer, like, you know, is this all there is, and is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? And I didn't know what to do with those feelings or those questions. And the people in my network at that time—they were all people from my corporate world. So most of the well-meaning advice had to do with, you know, take a break or make take a long vacation, or maybe it's time to go for the next challenge or、uh, the next promotion. <laughs> So that's basically what I did. I just ignored the feelings because you know what are you going to do with them, and、uh, and I just basically tried to outwork the restlessness. And then fast forward to 2013, after years and years of being a workaholic and not paying attention to work life balance, I landed myself in the hospital. And my friend, that was the impetus. That was the brick that fell on my head. And after that incident, I said to myself, "This cannot be it. This cannot be my story." And so I gave myself permission to pursue. Other things, other possibilities beyond the career that I knew. I 
gave myself the permission to go down a few rabbit holes and figure out what I really wanted to do and then to pursue that with everything that I've got. And so now fast forward to May 2017, as I record this episode, I can tell you that I have reinvented myself. I am a writer. I write every day. I have written and published two books on career development and career reinvention. And, uh, you know, I, I am involved with uh, projects that fulfill me. I'm working on my third project, that my third book project, which is also my first attempt at fiction in the fiction genre. And I apply the skills that I've honed over my 15 years of being a business and management consultant uh, so that I can help individuals uh, find a way to make their own uh, dreams come true. So uh, I can tell you, I cannot be happier. And whereas before the goal was to climb, climb, climb that corporate ladder, these days the goal is to write as many books as I can. In fact, the, the number that I have in my head is 15. So write and publish 15 books before I kick the bucket. Um, and so my, uh, my thinking is that in addition to the guests that we're going to have on the show, that I could maybe also give you uh, an update on my own career reinvention story from time to time, because I want you to know that uh, you are not alone. I am here with you. Uh, <laughs> That sounds like a Michael Jackson song, but, uh, but really we are, um, uh, you're not alone. We are in this together. And, uh, and my hope is that through this podcast is that we could build a community and, and so that we can support each other and inspire each other and really be feeling positive about our future, about what we can do, because, uh, there's so many opportunities that are in front of us now. As you'll hear me say often in this, on this podcast, there has never been a better time. And I truly believe that. So, uh, with that, uh, you know, enough about me. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. And so our guest today is Shannon Davis, and what I love about her story is her absolute bias for action. There is no analysis paralysis with this woman. She had an idea, and she thought, you know what, let me give it a shot and see how it goes. And within a relatively short period of time, she was able to make something happen out of that idea of hers. And uh, it gave her uh, an entry into a whole new career. So we're going to hear her talk about how she made that happen. I, I truly feel that her story is so inspiring and motivating. And, a, and for me, a huge kick in the butt in terms of uh, what I'm trying to do with my own career reinvention. So with that, uh, let me transition to the conversation with Shannon, and then I'll catch you at the back end. Uh, Shannon, welcome to Second Breaks. Tell us what you do today. And then from that point, we'll walk backwards to discover uh, how you got to doing what you do today. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So I am an online business manager. Um, it's also kind of known as a virtual assistant for people who aren't really familiar with the online space. I work with uh, online service-based entrepreneurs primarily, and I uh, basically run the whole back end of their business. I'm sort of the behind the scenes person. Um, so I make sure everything's running smoothly. I set up their appointments, send out newsletters. I also help to strategize um, launches and sort of their marketing plans, where they're going in their business. It's really a, a very all-encompassing role. 
Um, so that's, that's what I've been doing for, gosh, I've been doing this for almost two years now, but I finally made it my full-time job. It replaced my, my, uh, you know, corporate position about, about nine months ago. So this is, this is it. This is what I'm doing now. And it's so exciting to me. So you started it before you left your corporate position. So you were doing this while you were still employed. Yes. Yeah. This was sort of my side gig. It's something that I've always wanted to do because I love to travel and, and being able to do something that used my skill set and doing it virtually so I could be anywhere in the world was kind of my, my dream. Um, so I started this while I was still employed as a side thing thinking, you know, if it didn't work out, at least I still had a full time job. Um, but it just became a lot more successful very quickly than I thought it would. And uh, I was able to quit my full time job. So yeah, it started as a side thing. And now it's the only thing that I do. That is such a smart strategy. So um, <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the corporate job <laughs> before <laughs> this. Let's talk a little bit about that. So what were you doing before you started your your business two years ago, or at least nine, yeah. nine months ago? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um I was actually an executive assistant for senior level partners in a couple different industries, mostly financial services. Um so it uses what I did in my corporate job and what I'm doing now use a lot of the same skill sets. So it's very very much an administrative role, but it's just being able to do this and working with entrepreneurs is is so much more fulfilling. I feel like I'm making sort of a difference in the world whereas, you know, in your corporate job working with financial services as an executive assistant, you kind of feel like, you know, I'm just answering phones and scheduling appointments and it's not really, it's not very fulfilling. So, um, yeah, that's, I did that for about five years. Gotcha. And that was your traditional executive assistant in an office where you go to the yep. office every day, that kind of stuff, right? Not, not yep. virtual, right? Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't miss traffic. I don't miss, <laughs> you know, all that stuff that comes with working in an office. I, I love working virtually. It's not for everyone because it is definitely a little bit isolating. You, you know, you're at home working by yourself all the time. But um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I'm an introvert anyway. So it's been perfect for me. <laughs> so, you know, you, you were doing you were employed uh, for a while. Did you decide to start a business or what was going on in your head back then two years ago when you when you when you decided to start something on the side? Mm -hmm. I kind of I was really impulsive about it. I kind of just figured, you know what, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least I will have tried. Um, so I started my business. I started my business. Um, and then I quickly realized because in my mind, I thought, an executive assistant and a virtual assistant. They pretty much do the same thing, just virtually. Um, but I, I very quickly realized that I was wrong. <laughs> it uses the same skill set, but there's, you know, it's, the technology is completely different. And especially working with online entrepreneurs, you have to learn things like uh, learning launches and learning opt-ins and sort of the lingo that goes along with that. So I, I jumped into it, realized that I was sort of like a fish out of water. I didn't really know what was going on. So I spent about six months actually teaching myself everything that goes in to working online, um, you know, taking webinars, reading books, doing all that kind of all that learning experience before I actually accepted my first uh, client. <laughs> so it was it was very interesting. It was definitely That's... definitely a learning experience. Was was um, starting your own business something that you've always wanted? You said you were sort of impulsive about it, but did mm -hmm. you always want to 
be your own uh, work for yourself or was there did something happen that made you sort of start thinking towards starting something on your own that's a good question I never I never really saw myself as a business owner and that that's something there's definitely a mindset shift when you go from being an employee to working for yourself especially in the type of role like an assistant role you have to realize that you know, you're not an employee anymore. You're actually a business owner. You can set your own rate. You can set your own hours. You can, you know, work with the people you want to work with. So there's definitely a mindset shift that happens there. You have to realize like, okay, this is, this is different. I'm doing similar work, but it's on my terms now. So I never thought of myself as that, as, you know, a business owner uh, ahead of time until I actually did it. But now that I am, I, now that I'm an entrepreneur and I run my own business, I can't imagine going back and working as an employee. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people say that, right? Once yeah. they make a leap. But you actually did something, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. You actually did something very, uh, very smart as a strategy, right? So you didn't, didn't like go quit and start yeah. something on the blind, but you kind of, you did your own studying first, right? Mm -hmm. um, as you were saying, you attended webinars, you try to figure out exactly what goes on in this new world that you're trying to enter. And then you started something on the side. So you were doing full time. Did you switch part time or you were still full time when you first accepted your, your client? I was still full time. So for a couple months, I was just working a lot. I was working my day job and then I come home. I'd work in the evenings. I work on the weekends on my own business. And it was definitely um, definitely a commitment because there's just so much that goes into all that. So um, when I was able uh, so it took me about six months between getting my first client and being able to quit my full-time job. And the six months obviously was a lot of work. But then once I quit my full-time job, it was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I actually have free time now. <laughs> but six months is actually pretty quick considering, I mean, I've heard stories where it took them a year, two years before they're able to quit their jobs. Six months yeah. is actually pretty good. So you actually did very well. So at, yeah. at what point... Did you realize, oh my goodness, this is this is a real deal. I could actually replace my um my employment with with my new with my freelance work. Mm -hmm. And I I thought it would take about a year, two years. I I was very surprised that it happened as quickly as it did. And I didn't I didn't really have any plan in place for that because it just sort of came out of the blue. Um I realized it though probably at at about the five month mark because I was realizing like, okay, I'm working all the time. I'm still getting people coming to me, interested in working with me. Like this, this is just it's getting more. It's the interest in working with me is increasing instead of decreasing. So at that point I felt fairly confident in, in, you know, putting in my two weeks notice at my job and be like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make the leap. And, um, <laughs> I was so lucky though, the position that I left, they, were actually really excited for me. They were really impressed that I was leaving to, to try to, you know, be my own boss and left in such a good way. And I know this, this can't happen for everyone, but it was such a good parting that they ever, they said, you know, if it doesn't work out, if you ever need to come back, you know, we'd love to have you back. We'd love to work with you. So it was kind of nice having that uh, almost like a little backup in my mind, yes. like, okay, I'm going to try this, but if it doesn't work, it's, you know, I can go back. Exactly. But, yeah. It's, it's still working. So, um, you know, hopefully I never will have to go back. Hopefully this. 
What about support from friends and family? Were they were they very supportive about uh, the change that you were doing? Um, I know from experience, sometimes family can get can be scared for us, right? Because it's like, how could you leave something so stable, <laughs> you know, into yeah. into unknown sort of territory? And so, what was your experience in terms of? announcing that this is what I want to do and in terms of the support that you got from from your circle? Um, definitely what you said about the family being sort of afraid for me. Uh, they were they're kind of like, okay, you can do that, but are you sure you really want to? Like, You had a good job, you got paid decent. And so I got a lot of that from family. Um, my my boyfriend, he's now my fiance. He was pretty supportive, and you know, follow your dreams, at least try it. Um, my friends, they they're supportive, but I don't think they don't quite understand. So what I actually have ended up doing is cultivating friendships with other uh, online entrepreneurs, and finding the support that way because my friends, they, they're supportive and they want me to be happy. But if I need to call them, if I'm having a bad day, if I need to you know, chat through something, they don't quite get it because they, they don't have experience in working with, you know, the online entrepreneurial space. So I've, I've really tried to cultivate friendships with other entrepreneurs who get it. And I have, um, you know, a, a really good group of friends. I'm able to call them. We have, uh, you know, some of them, there's different groups. So sometimes, you know, we meet in person for the local entrepreneurs. Other ones, we have a weekly call. Others are, you know, a monthly call. So it's, it's really being able to get the support that way and not necessarily relying on friends and family who may not have experience with that, who have all of my family members have worked corporate jobs their whole lives. None of them are entrepreneurs. So it's a little hard to, to really, um, you know, understand that. I guess if I guess if you are looking to climb a mountain, you're gonna have to find other mountain hiker friends, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely finding mentors who have been there and sort of done that can help guide you. Like finding people you can just sort of, you know, talk about your challenges and like how do I deal with this situation and what have you done? You know, even just even something simple like, well, what do you do for insurance now that you're an entrepreneur? Like, how do you get insurance for that? <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? Right. No, yeah, even just the practical stuff. Exactly, exactly. Now, you talked a little bit about something in the beginning that I wanted to actually uh, touch base with you because when I talk to folks who are still um, with their corporate jobs, right, and but they're thinking of doing a switch in their careers, wanting to do something different, even if it's not, not necessarily entrepreneurship, but just switching fields altogether, right? Um, the, the common thing that I hear is that they're scared that, um, you know, say they've been doing X for a number of years. Now they're thinking of doing Y. They're, they're wondering whether their skills are transferable or, or if anybody's ever going to give them a chance to do Y when their entire resume reads like they've been doing X for many years. And so you talked a little bit about how, you know, uh, at a certain level, the the work is the same or the, the type of skills required are the same at a certain level, but there's also a certain set of skills that you had to pick up because obviously it's a different industry. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the parts that are similar versus the parts that, okay, these things I need to pick up and how you manage to pick those up? 
rather quickly, actually. Yeah. Um, so the parts that are similar, it's still an administrative role. So attention to detail, uh, really great organizational skills. I happen to have a very good mind for um, systems and processes and trying to figure out how to do things really efficiently. So that, that's all been sort of the same. Um, the only thing that's really changed the, the biggest thing that's really changed, I would say, is the technology that's used. Um, I feel like in, in corporate world, I used a lot of, um, like for email, I used Outlook and, um, you know, just a couple different programs, whereas in the online space, we use Gmail for the most part and Google Apps. And um, it, it hasn't been, I guess I'm pretty good with technology, so it wasn't a huge learning curve for me. I was able to pick up on things fairly quickly, but... There is definitely a period where you have to do training and, and figuring out, you know, what's needed for this new position. What do I need to learn? And then go about figuring out how to learn that. For me, I took webinars for the um, technical programs. I signed up for a lot of like 30 day free trials and just sort of dove in there and, you know, watch YouTube videos on how to use it and kind of did whatever I needed to to, uh, you know, really immerse myself in that. And then once I was able, and I know not everyone can do this, but once I was, I felt comfortable enough in my new skill set to actually accept clients, what I did, because I knew that, a lot, like what you had touched on, a lot of times people, um, you're scared that people won't give you a chance if you don't have the experience to back you up. And I, I understood that. So what I actually did is um, in one of the Facebook groups I'm a part of that has a bunch of entrepreneurs in it, I kind of announced that my doors are open and that I was running, um, you know, I, I knew I needed testimonials. So what I did is said, hey, you know, I'm offering free three hours of virtual assistant for anyone who's willing to give me a testimonial for it. So I did that for about a week. I got some really great testimonials. It also helps just to solidify my skill set and be like, okay, I can go in here and I can figure it out. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I got this. Um, so I was able to get testimonials that way. And then once I started looking for paying clients, just having that sort of, um, you know, that, that really prominent, I don't know what you call it, testimonials on my mm -hmm. website. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, it, it makes people feel a lot more comfortable in working with you. So That's I definitely great. get, I definitely get that. And I try to do my best to, you know, try to get some testimonials, try to get some really solid experience before going out and getting paying clients. Right. So what, that's actually another great area that you touched on because I know that also in talking with people, the other thing that they're worried about is, you know, so for example, I know someone who's an, an excellent uh, a programmer, web designer, actually. Uh, but he's worried that, I mean, it's one thing, he says it's one thing when he's part of a company and the projects just fall on his lap and he doesn't have to go out there and look for clients and find the business for himself because he's part of a company and the projects just arrive. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have to look for them. And so one of the things that he's really worried about, he desperately wants to start his own company to go off on his own. But the, one of the things he's worried about is, you know, where do I find clients? And so um, how did you, I guess, learn how to, to do that bit for yourself? How did you, where did you pick up the the techniques or, you know, just to start, you talked about how you announced and that you got your first set of, even though they're free, they allowed you to uh, 
create your new identity with testimonials for people that you actually work with in this new world. So how did you learn how to do that, I guess? I don't, I don't know that I actually learned how to do that, to be honest. Um, I kind of, I was in several different Facebook groups for entrepreneurs, mostly for my own learning experience to see, you know, what it is they're doing, what they have challenges with, you know, how can I help them? Um, and it kind of, it, it really happened organically at first um, in that people were posting that they needed some help and that they were looking for a VA. And I'm like, oh, I'm a VA. I know how to do that. I can help you. And that's kind of how I got my first paying client. So it was, it was really just, um, you know, putting yourself out there, offering your services when you know someone needs it, being of service. So even if someone posts in a group like, hey, I'm having challenges trying to figure out how to do this one particular thing in MailChimp. Does anyone know how to do that? Then you can pop in and say, hey, I know how to do that. You can do this, this and this. And then it's sort of just getting your name out there and getting people familiar with who you are and what kind of expertise you have and that kind of thing. So it's really um, it happened organically for me by just helping people and responding to their questions and um, yeah, it was it was pretty fairly easy, and I knew that most of my ideal clients hung out on Facebook, so that's where I I spent a good majority of my time in the beginning. Whereas other people, you know, depending on who your ideal clients are, you may be on LinkedIn or in person networking events. I mean, you kind of have to figure out where your target market is, and then spend a lot of time in there and be really visible and be um, of service, helping people that way. Now, um, in a previous conversation that we had, I know that you were thinking of scalability and, you know, what's the next step for, for where do you take it from here? Because the, the I mm-hmm. guess the challenge with a freelance gig is that it's only, you can only grow as much as the 24 hours a day, <laughs> you know, uh, that you can devote your business. So I guess what, what are your plans in terms of, you know, the next step? and in terms of scalability and where you might want to go from where you are today? Yeah, um, it, it was definitely a challenge because I grew so quickly and I became um, fully booked so much faster than I ever thought I would. So I was at the point where I was like, okay, well, how do I grow from here? Like, I didn't have a plan in place. So it was really trying to figure out uh, what works best for me? What do I really like to do? What do I want to be spending my time on? So what I've actually done is I kind of branched out a little bit because I realized um, I love helping people to build their own business and become independent. And especially with the VA industry, I've actually partnered with another virtual assistant that I've known for quite a while. And we've started our own sort of virtual assistant training business where we teach people, you know, how they can do this for themselves. So that's sort of a side business that I'm doing. So you teach other uh, people who aspire to be virtual assistants, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we kind of figure between the two of us, we've done all the things wrong that you can do when starting your own business. So we kind of wanted to, uh, you know, teach people how not to do that stuff. Like you can learn how to be a VA without all that crap, (laughs) like just learning how to do it the right way and setting up your business, you know, the right way, what to include in contracts and all that stuff that goes into starting a business. Um, so we do that on the side and then I've actually started, um, building a team of virtual assistants. So what I've done is uh, sort of create this business where it's all things 
that you need to be building a business behind the scenes. So I have graphic designers, social media marketers, copywriters, virtual assistants, sort of everyone that you need in one space. And I've, I've started building that. It's only about six months old having a team. So it's still growing. It's still, you know, getting known. We're still in the, in the beginning stages. It's like growing a whole new business. Um, but that's how I'm planning to scale at this point is to have a team that takes on the work. I eventually want to be creating courses and some more passive income stuff. So I'm really at this point, I'm, I'm starting to diversify and doing a bunch of kind of having my hand in a bunch of different things. It's really important to me, even as just a virtual assistant, to not have all of my eggs in one basket. So I, I wanted multiple clients. That way, if one person left for whatever reason, it it didn't mean like the complete loss of my income. And that's that's why. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm now sort of diversifying as well. Not only because I have a bunch of different interests and I like to sort of dabble in all different things, um, but also just because that's that's the biggest way I feel like to be able to scale and even, you know, bring in more income because working by yourself with your clients, you know, you only have so many hours in a day, you can only charge so much money, you can only, you, there's sort of like a ceiling of how much you can earn. And by having multiple streams of income, you know, passive income, different projects, different businesses, I feel like that's, that's the smarter way to sort of, uh, you know, get big. I was wondering if you have any advice to anybody who may be in a corporate job right now and have this burning desire to start, you know, go off on their own, be their own boss or be a freelancer. Um, what might you advise uh, them to do or yeah, to think absolutely. about? Yeah, <laughs> My first advice is to just do it. I mean, so many people sit there and they, they hate their job and they think, you know, one day I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to do my own thing. So my first advice is to just try it. Give it a shot. Even if you do something like I did where it was my side gig, I still had my full time job because, you know, bills still have to be paid. You can't just quit and do something else. But to just start doing it and see, you know, is it something you like? Do you like being your own boss? Like, can you grow it? And, you know, hopefully you're as successful as I was in growing your business. And within you know, six months, maybe you can quit that corporate job that you hate. Um, but then there's so many things. Just always be learning, I guess. Um, keeping up with, obviously, the industry, what's going on with the industry, everything you need to learn. Um Especially if you're looking at jumping from one thing to another, if it's not like, you know, you're a graphic designer in a corporate company, so you just want to be a graphic designer in a freelance company. Like that's kind of the same thing. But if like me, I jumped from executive assistant to virtual assistant and there was a lot to learn. So just sort of researching what you want to do, what there is that's involved in all of that. Um, and then just do it yeah really yeah just do it <laughs> yes exactly because you'll never know until you're actually exactly there's there's only so much uh learning you can do by webinars or reading books mm -hmm. and you know being in school right at the end of the day it's the actual doing that will that where you'll learn and i like what you said where um you know try it and see if you really like it because Sometimes we um, romanticize this idea that we want to be our own boss or we want to start our own thing. But then when we're actually doing it, you realize we're not actually, some of us are actually not the best bosses of ourselves, right? Because there is mm -hmm. there is a difference in the way that you think or the way that you 
motivate yourself when you're by yourself on your own, right? So yeah, that's definitely. a very good that's a very good thought there. Try it out and see if you actually like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, I mean, to get the practical experience, just offer your stuff for free. I mean, even graphic design, copywriting, people will always hop on like a free offer to do that stuff. And that gives you practical experience that allows you to really try and like, you know, especially working with clients. If you're used to working in a company where they just hand you projects and you're not really client facing, you know, can you handle client situations? I mean, that in itself can be kind of tricky just you know, you're your own boss, your clients are your bread and butter. So you have to learn how to handle working with people. Exactly, exactly. Brilliant. Well, Shannon, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. And uh, for I I am uh, inspired myself and motivated myself just listening to you when you talked about how you're diversifying your businesses and getting your hands involved with different things. That is very motivating to me. Uh, and inspires me a lot uh, in terms of what I'm doing for myself. So thank you so much for being willing to share your story with us. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Shannon. You know, my biggest takeaway was that whole, in addition to the bias for action that I mentioned earlier, it's that whole concept of always be thinking about the next step, always be thinking about growing uh, in terms of the work that I'm trying to do. Uh, and so that really made an impact on me. Uh, what about you? What did you think about that conversation? And did you have any key takeaways? Um, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode one. That's the number one. And uh, share your thoughts uh, in the comment section and let's turn this into a conversation. Okay. Uh, also on that page, you'll find the link to Shannon Davis's website. If you want to follow up with her and see what else she's up to, uh, as well as the link to my, um, private, uh, library where you could find tools and templates and resources to help you decide and plan and take action on your career move. Um, and don't forget, uh, it, when you get the access to the private library to download the break free blueprint, that will give you a head start in terms of your decision making and planning, uh, process. Okie dokie. Uh, for the next, uh, episode, I have an interview with Gail Jessen, who used an illness diagnosis to jumpstart a new career, right? We'll hear about how she managed to, to do that transition. Uh, the transition to the new career at the same time managing the disease in our next uh, episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so as not to miss that uh, episode with uh, Gail, as well as all the future episodes. And if you like the show so far, I would so much appreciate you leaving uh, a rating on iTunes because your review will help others discover the show. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, with that, I'll be signing off. I'll talk to you next time. Keep on making your death, my friends. Cool beans.